a while back on Good Morning America, they featured some perfect gift ideas that you might want to include on your Christmas gift list. One of them was a Jaguar 220. To order one of these for your loved ones, all you have to do is just go to your Jaguar dealer, lay down your $80,000 deposit, and then when it arrives at the dealer, then you just go to the dealer and you pay the balance of $507,000. Yeah, the Jaguar 220 is $587,000, and they only made $250 a year. Now, if you purchase the Jaguar 220, then you might also be interested in some new car wax. That new car wax that'll give that Jag the ultimate shine. Well, this wax retails for $3,400 for a little eight ounce can. So I guess if you can afford a $587,000 Jag, then you can afford a $3,400 can of wax. Now, a third item was mentioned, and that was a $300,000 gold and silver toilet seat. The toilet seat was inlaid with precious stones, and rounding out the top seven uh, were cheaper gifts for those of you on a budget, and one of them was an $18,000 Frisbee, a $10,000 yo-yo, a $27,000 pair of sunglasses, and for you proud grandparents that are looking for that perfect gift for the new grandbaby, how about a $28,000 pacifier? <laughs> Friends, if you haven't started, it's high time you get serious about selecting your Christmas gifts. But when you purchase your gifts this year, I pray you remember what's being celebrated. The main focus of Christmas is found in the angel's proclamation to the shepherds. When the angel said, today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you who is Christ the Lord. Now friends, it's been over 2,000 years since that event occurred. And there's just as much need today as there was then for this perfect gift of God. Now there's two things that make God's gift perfect. One is it represents the personality of the giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But not only does the perfect gift of God represent the personality of the giver, it also meets the need of those he gave it to. Those who are lost in sin with no hope of heaven. So that being the case, we're told that 
There's both good news and bad news at Christmas. Now, speaking of good news and bad news, there was a gallery owner who once told one of his artists that he had some good news and some bad news. And the artist immediately said, well, I want to hear the good news first. And so the gallery owner said, well, the good news is this. A man came in here today asking if the price of your paintings would go up when you die. And he said, well, uh, I guess they probably would. And so that man bought every one of your paintings. And the artist was elated. And he said, what could possibly be the bad news? And he said, the bad news was that man said that he's your doctor. <laughs> now there's a, another man who got a call from his doctor. And the doctor said, your test results are in. And I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the man said, okay, give me the good news first. And the doctor said, the good news is this. Your test results are in, and it indicates that you're going to die in three days. He said, dang, that's the good news. What could be the bad news? And he said, I forgot to call you yesterday. <laughs> good news and bad news. Now, in our last message in the book of Romans, we found some bad news. We found some bad news why Christmas came. And it was essentially because of one word. And that one word is sin. Christmas came because of the roots of your sin found in Adam. Christmas came because of the reality of your sinfulness today. But Christmas also came because of the results that your sin brings. Your sin brings spiritual death, physical death, and eternal death. I don't know about y'all, but that's some bad news. But praise God, there's some good news at Christmas too. Because in Christ, he also provided a remedy for our sin. And today, I'd like to show you how Christmas came. Last time it was why, but this time I want to show you how Christmas came. Christmas came in the form of a perfect gift. And y'all won't believe this, but in Romans chapter 5, that's 1, 000, page 1003 in the Bibles in front of you, if you want to follow along, in Romans chapter 5, verse 15, this is the next passage that we come to in our study of Romans, and you ain't going to believe it. Listen to what Paul said to these believers that are much like you and I. He said, but the free gift, say free gift. It's a free gift. The free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift, say the gift, the gift, by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many. And the gift, say gift. It's not like that which came through the one man who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. 
But the free gift, say gift. The free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift, who likes a gift? Say gift. The gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through the one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's religious act, the free gift, say gift, the gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, those verses give us some good news and some bad news. But it also shows us the differences between the gift that Adam gave you and the gift that Jesus offers you. The whole point is that where Adam failed, Christ prevailed. What we lost in Adam, we can get back and a whole lot more in Jesus. So Christmas came in the form of bad news and good news. Let me point a couple of them out to you. Good news and bad news came, first of all, through two people. To see this a little bit clearer, it might be helpful for you to know that of the 40 billion people who have lived on this planet, God looks at humanity and he sees us in our relationship with only two guys. Adam or Jesus. You're either in Adam or you're in Jesus. That's the only two. You see, Adam did something back in the Garden of Eden that affected the whole human race. When he sinned, we were all under sin. But Jesus likewise did something on the cross that affected the whole human race. So if you think about it, from an eternal perspective, it doesn't really matter if you know who Daniel is. From an eternal perspective, it doesn't really matter if you know about Abraham and Moses and David and Solomon. From an eternal perspective, it doesn't really matter if you know about Israel and the Philistines and the Samaritans. From an eternal perspective, it doesn't really matter if you know about the intricate history of the Bible. Now friend, all of those things are very important. All of those things can help you live this life successfully. But to get a grasp of the whole Bible, just remember it boils down to two men. Adam and Jesus. You also need to know that you are in one or the other today. And if you are in Adam you are a partaker of all of his wonderful gifts to humanity. Gifts like sin, evil, 
wickedness, death, hell. But if you are a partaker in Christ, you are a partaker in everything he had to give. Things like forgiveness, joy, happiness, eternal life, mercy, justification. Just listen for a second to what Paul had to say about Adam the sinner. It was all bad news. In verse 19, we see that Adam was disobedient. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. He was disobedient. This means that Adam went against the commandments of God. This means that Adam committed sin against God. But then in verse 15, it tells us that Adam committed a trespass or an offense. Let me read that for you. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died. That is, Adam crossed the line. God made a line in the sand and Adam said, I'm crossing it. I'm going to do what I want to do. God said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Because in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The bad news is, Adam did, and Adam did. Adam ate, and Adam died. And because he did, so we all do as well. When Adam sinned, his sin affected you and me. Look at verse 12 in Romans chapter 5 that says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus sin spread to all men because all had sinned. Is there anyone here this morning who has not sinned? At least we have honest people here this morning, amen? We've all sinned. And as a result, we all enjoy the gifts of Adam's sin. But listen to what Paul had to say about Jesus. Jesus the Savior. Here comes some good news. You want some good news? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. I already shared it once. The angel of the Lord told the shepherds, for there is born to you. Born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. See, verse 19 tells us that Jesus acted a little bit differently. Listen to how Jesus acted in verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. That tells us that Jesus acted differently than Adam did. It tells us that while Adam disobeyed, Christ Jesus obeyed the Father and even gave his life as a ransom for sin. Now there's no clearer picture of what Jesus did for me and you than what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Listen carefully. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery being equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Say obedient. He became obedient. Obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So while Adam brought sin to all humanity, the death of Jesus opens the door of salvation for all humanity. Everything we lost in Adam, we can regain in Jesus. Everything that Adam gave away in the garden, Jesus purchased back on the cross. Verse 15 says that what Jesus did was much more than what Adam did. You see, Adam sinned one sin. Just one little sin. And it brought death to all men and women. Jesus died one death. And it brought the possibility of life to every man and every woman. So in a very real and mysterious way, when Jesus died on the cross, his blood paid for all the sins of all the men and women who have ever and who will ever live if they will only place their faith in Christ and believe in him for salvation. Christmas came through the good news and bad news of two people. But there's also good news and bad news to be found in two promises. First of all, there is a promise of judgment and death. Friends, that's bad news. Amen? That's bad news. Verse 15 tells us that because of Adam's sin, many died. That's bad news. Paul says because Adam sinned, every man is doomed to die. And not only that, we're also condemned, the Bible says. That means that every one of us stand under the wrath and judgment of God if we're not wonderfully saved. That's a horrible thing, y'all. But it's true. It's bad enough to be condemned. But verse 20 tells us something that should pierce our hearts today. Because verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And what that means is this. Men were already sinners by nature. But then when the law came, men and women had the ability to look into the perfect law of God and say, Oh, I'm sinning. Oh, I'm sinning against God. And you know what? We still did it. We still continue in our sin. How heartbreaking that must be to God. That even though we know better, we still do it. So friends, listen, it doesn't matter how important we are. 
It doesn't matter how wealthy we are. It doesn't matter how intelligent we are. It really doesn't matter what you believe. If you are outside of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're already dead in your sins. And the promise is yours. The promise of judgment and eternal death. But I got good news. The same verses tell us that Jesus offers a different promise. Jesus offers us the promise of justification and life. Is that good news? Amen. While the sin of Adam brings death and destruction and devastation and damnation, praise God, the gift of Jesus brings us life and liberty and luxury. What a difference Jesus makes. Can anybody else make that testimony today? What a difference Jesus has made in my life. Not just then, but now. What a difference Jesus makes. Because in Adam, we're judged. But in Jesus, we're justified. In Adam, we die. But in Jesus, we live. In Adam, we face the wrath of God. But in Jesus, we enjoy the love of God. In Adam, we're servants to sin and servants to Satan. But in Jesus, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Is that not a reason to praise on Christmas? Being in Jesus makes all the difference in the world. And then in verse 20, Paul says that sin abounded to the lost sinner. Sin abounded but grace abounded much more. In other words, there was this pile of sins. Pile of sins just crushing us under its weight. But then Paul says that where there was this huge mountain of sins over you, grace did abound. Simply stated, once we were being crushed under that mountain of sin. And now, we stand on top of that mountain of grace. Yes, sin abounded, but listen here. Grace superabounded. Grace abounded much more. So at Christmas, there's good news and bad news. It's found in two people, and it's found in two promises. But this morning, you have a distinct privilege of two possibilities receiving good news and bad news that comes through two possibilities. One this morning, you have the possibility of condemnation. And that's bad news. In verse 16, Paul said, For the judgment with which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. In verse 18, Paul said, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Verse 21 says, So that as sin reigned in death. That's condemnation. So, what I'm telling you is, is that if a person chooses to reject this free gift God gave at Christmas, this free gift of forgiveness, this free gift of the grace of God, this free gift of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ, 
then that person stands in condemnation. I didn't say it. The perfect law of God says it. So for you this morning, that's a possibility for you. The possibility of condemnation. But praise God, I got some good news. I got the, con the possibility of conversion. In verse 21, the Bible tells us that there's also this possibility of salvation. Even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Simply said, if the lost sinner will simply receive it, if he'll just accept the free gift of God and trust in Jesus Christ by faith and be saved, he'll be justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus makes the difference. Jesus makes the difference. So, which one of these two possibilities is true for you don't depends on who you're in. Are you in Adam this morning? Or are you in Jesus this morning? If you're in Adam, you stand condemned by God because you refuse to accept the gift. And if you did that, there's nothing else for you but judgment and wrath. However, if you have trusted Christ and are in Jesus, friend, there's nothing else for you but eternal life, eternal joy, and a home in heaven. Friends, that's good news. Man, I love the good news of Christmas. What a perfect Christmas gift. I could have shopped at every Walmart over the country, gone to every mall from, the, from coast to coast, looking for this gift. I could have spent $587,000 looking for the perfect gift. And I couldn't have found one like this because money can't buy it. A person can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to get it. It all came by the grace of God. How did Christmas come? Christmas came in the form of a gift. Christmas came in the form of a wonderful, life-saving, life-giving gift. Have you gotten out from under that mountain of sin? Can you say this morning that you're standing atop the mountain of grace? God's grace? In the next chapter of Romans... Paul makes one of the most distinctive and clear Christmas verses that have ever been stated in the scriptures. Listen carefully. He says the wages of sin is death. Is that good news or bad news? That's bad news. But, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you Receive the gift of God. Friend, will you accept the gift of God this morning? Will you accept God's gift 
this Christmas. Two promises. Possibilities. Bad news and good news. And it's all up to you. I pray that you will receive the gift this Christmas. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this incredible, perfect gift. This gift that no amount of money could buy. This gift that no amount of effort could earn.